0: this podcast is proudly produced and presented by the zoomer podcast network home of great podcasts like Marilyn lightstone reads idea city on the air and the garden show you're listening to an exclusive podcast of the naz and wally sports hour heard sunday mornings at nine on zoomer radio the new am 740
1: the world doesn't need another sports show it needs an awesome sports show You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
2: Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back.
0: Let's talk sports.
3: Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigobon. As usual, joining me, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? Good, uh... Big show today. Uh, we've got Harry Neal coming up. We're going to talk some NHL playoffs. Got Leo Routins because the Raptors start the playoffs tomorrow night against the New Jersey Nets. And Naz, uh, uh, you were doing a little bit of uh, scouring this week. Something came to your mind, and I'll let you. I'll let you intro this. Uh, did a, we did a, an interview with Lou Lamorello. I mean, the big. Uh, we're all suffering from the Leafs exit from the playoffs last Sunday night. We're on last Sunday morning, but uh, Naz, uh, you uh, you scoured the uh, Zuba Radio archives, listened to our Lou Lamorello from three years ago, and you thought that uh, there was enough in there that you thought we should replay it. Let me uh, let me pick your brain there. What uh, we're gonna just so our listeners know shortly, we're going to uh, tee it up. <laughs> Lou Lamorello on March the fifth, two thousand and seventeen, was on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Naz, uh, you called me said we should replay that interview, Wally. Uh, we're going to. Naz, tell the, tell our listeners uh,
4: what they can very, expect to hear. Very interesting what he has to say. And it's uh, all come out in the wash. with well, last week's loss. Listen in.
3: Naz, you're not too... Uh, just going to intro, uh, intro, and then we're going to pick it up afterwards. Naz, you're not too happy about the way the Leafs uh, ended it off last week. Sunday night, we were on a high after the incredible comeback uh, the previous Friday night. But uh, very, very quickly before we go to the Lamorello interview, uh, your thoughts: uh, how, how the how the Leafs
4: exit uh, left? Uh, very uh, very disappointing. Man. Very disappointing. This team is not good enough. It's simple as that. Uh, Columbus should on one in Game Four. There shouldn't have been a Game Five. Yeah, uh, I, I will uh, tell they, you they uh, haven't played well all year. Yeah, I, I've known Nas for a long,
3: long time, and uh, quite frankly, Nas, I haven't I haven't seen you this riled up in a while. So, uh, on that note, uh, Brandon, our producer, you've been doing an exceptional job uh, keeping Naz and I uh, uh, on the air remotely. Uh, Brandon, if you can tee up our Lou Lamorello interview from March the fifth, two thousand and seventeen, go ahead, Brandon.
5: Then we'll ask you. We'll ask you, Lou. What's the uh, what's the biggest difference between being a general manager in New Jersey and being a general manager in Toronto?
6: Well, I, I think certainly uh, the the amount of media coverage uh, and the amount of fan uh, sort of uh, support. Uh, there, there's no question. You're in an area. Uh, where it's a passion, it's a lifestyle, and and it's just outstanding. Uh, As far as the general manager said, as far as uh, the uh, responsibilities, uh, uh, they're the same. And the only difference is you have to make sure that you don't uh, let the media or, or the fans get in the way of what you have to do uh, and what the right decisions are. And I've been very fortunate in both areas to be surrounded by, you know, very intelligent uh, hockey people, good people, uh, you know, who make sure you stay on the right path.
4: Lou, uh, Austin Matthews, did you think he was this good?
6: No, I don't think anyone thought that uh, he would be where he is today. I think everyone knew he had the potential, Um, and uh, the reason I say that is because, uh, you know, where he came from uh, when he was in the U.S. program uh, initially, and then he went over to Switzerland, he just kept, uh, you know, sort of rising to each challenge that was given to him, uh, where I think we really recognized that, uh, you know, He was further along than we all thought was uh, in the world championships when he went with the uh, USA team, um, you know, and started off basically on the third line as a, as a wing. And then by the end of the tournament, uh, found himself uh, right in the forefront uh, as he's done with us. uh, And the great part about this young man is that he wants to be good. Uh, He wants to maximize the talents that he's been given uh, and, you know, as a team person, you don't see him celebrating uh, at a high level after a goal. Uh, he's, he's, for me, an old-school type of pro in the modern area.
5: I'm talking to Lou Nanny. Lou, uh, two pickups this week at the trade deadline. Brian Boyle, uh, Eric Fair, the two big pickups that are going to make a difference um, in the lineup, in the current lineup. Uh, what was your thought process? Uh, behind uh, Brian Boyle and Eric Eric Fair, and how do they uh, how do they fit in? How do they fit into your current plan?
6: Well, you, you, as far as uh, Brian Ball, Boyle first, I think that uh, it was obvious that uh, we were missing something in our fourth line. I think the fourth line is a very important line for a lot of different reasons, um, and there have to, has to be certain types of pots put into that. And we were missing this type of player. Um, and yet, when we say we were missing it, we knew what our foundation as far as the process is to try and get the Maple Leaf team to be a contending team for a period of time, which means you cannot give up uh, assets, uh, you know, unless what you give up is going to be part of that future for a period, for that period that, you know, the plan that Brandon has put in place over a couple of years ago. So in in saying that uh, Brian was available, uh, fortunately last year in some of the transactions, we were able to uh, acquire uh, X number of picks uh, that we felt this would not get in the way, but he would fill that hole perfectly with, uh, experience, with size and strength, with uh, face-off abilities, penalty-killing abilities, and, you know, he along with um, uh, Matt Martin and whomever we put on the other wing, uh, we would be able to utilize them, play them in different situations, uh, you know, uh, not worry about them on the road or at home, and also the, the body, the size of the body, and, you know, the physicality that he has will also help uh, Matt and what he's done for us. So there were a lot of different reasons uh, and Brian was the perfect one, was available, we were able to get it.
4: Lou, uh, size factor, you mentioned about size. A lot of our listeners have said that uh, the leaves are too small they need to get bigger. Do you think they need to get bigger?
6: Uh, well, we, we will be getting bigger. Uh, remember the. You know how young some of our players are. They they're going to be putting on weight. You know when you say bigger, it's how you play. Uh, you play bigger. You get stronger as you mature. Uh, if there's something that is needed that we feel that uh, then then it's on us to do that. But I think right now uh, our size is not an issue. It's our speed. Uh, we don't want them lessen our speed. We don't want to uh, compensate say for size and strength and take away uh, the way we want to play the game and the style that Mike uh, Babcock and his staff has put together. So, you know, it's all—it's a a very touchy situation. It's a fine line sometimes. And, you know, we'll try and address it as it comes along. But right now, size and strength is not an issue at this point.
5: Lou, you know how important, uh, how starved uh, Toronto hockey fans are for success. And uh, we're certainly, uh, speaking on behalf of the fans, we're certainly thrilled with uh, with the progress that uh, that you and Brendan and your staff have made so far, you have nothing but accolades uh, from us and, and most of Maple Leaf uh, most Maple Leaf fans uh, are out there and certainly thrilled about that. Um, uh, and how important is uh, is making the playoffs this year?
6: Well, you know, in other words, the importance of making the playoffs is the same. 30 teams so we can't you know get in the way of putting such an emphasis on it there's nothing different but what we cannot do and we should not be doing right now is thinking about playoffs what we should be doing is concentrating on what we have been doing all year long getting our players to play the best they possibly can developing them through the process not getting ahead of ourselves and you know, if we're fortunate enough and we play well enough and we get in the playoffs, there's no question what a benefit it will be to the development and where we're going. But what we have tried to do all year long is get that process, not go slow intentionally or not speed it up. Keep the normal process of the development. When things don't go right or there are mistakes, you know, you, you, you sort of just correct them. And you go forward, you know that you're gonna be taking sometimes a half a step back, but it's you know you're gonna go forward a step because of that. So the the importance of it, it's significant to the as I said to thirty teams in the National Hockey League, no less or no more to Toronto Maple Leafs. But where we are right now, the most important thing is the development and also finding out, and this is the most important point, finding out who the core players will be going forward. That will be the foundation of this future.
4: Lou, the defense. Uh, when is the right age, or the age that they develop? I see that's the hardest position to play out of all of the positions in the NHL, and the, the defense seems to be the one that's criticized the most by Lee fans. How do well, you develop you know, your defense? Uh, it's, it's you
6: know, and I we understand that. I think that if you have to look at. Where our needs are, I think we're extremely, uh, you know, in-depth, you know, up front. And yet defense, we're young. uh, And, you know, but it's also an area that uh, is not the easiest to, you know, fill. I think that that's uh, something that's on us to try and, you know, see what we can do. Uh, If there was an opportunity to acquire a player that wasn't one that we developed, uh, then we would do that, and then it's a case of at the expense of the whole, you know, the words structure of the team because you have to still you still have a cap, you still have to work within the framework and putting a team together. But the, but we also have a couple of uh, young fellows in the uh, in the minors that uh, we'll see how quickly they come along. They have a tremendous potential. Even though I hate that word potential, because uh, that gets in the way sometimes, uh, you you, know, you can't win with potential. Uh, but they'll develop. Uh, but I, that, that's something we have to address. That's something that could not uh, be uh, addressed, uh, you know, over this season, uh, you know, of the trade time because the players that potentially were available were really not the players uh, for us for what we're trying to do. So, yes, it's, it's an area where we recognize it. And, you know, now it's up to us to do something, you know, about it at the appropriate time. That was our, uh, interview, with, uh,
3: that was our interview with Lou Nanny. I just want to make it clear. Uh, the interview was not done this week or at the present time. Uh, Lou Nanny's not commenting about today's Toronto Maple Leafs. He would not be permitted to do that. Uh, uh, that were his comments at the time when he was still general manager of the uh, toronto maple leafs it's, and
4: it's Lou lamorello again nanny and, yeah, and I, I was gonna i was about to say that as
3: well i said uh having gone back to listen to that interview and as i'm i'm highly embarrassed uh lou lamorello is a giant and a legend of 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 uh of hockey and i called him lou nanny twice i'm so embarrassed uh uh but he, uh, he he forgave me. Uh, uh we brought it up later on and there were other parts of the interview we didn't play and uh we caught that at the end of the interview and he uh he joked along with me. He said Lou Nanny was a good friend of his and uh I was a deep shade of purple uh, in the studio at that time. Uh embarrassing, one of my most embarrassing how do you call Lou Lamorello, Lou Nanny? Uh embarrassing. But uh he forgave me at the time. Uh Nas um the more some the more things move on, the more some things don't change. Uh, no r- really, really briefly before we go to interview, uh your thoughts on that interview and uh how that's uh uh how some of those problems still exist.
4: Here we are five years later. They're still looking at improving their defense. They need to improve their defense. they they're smaller than they were back then. They have no size, and they're he said, "Take a half step back, full step forward." I think the Leafs have taken five steps back. It's going to be a hell of a time for Kyle Dubas to change this around.
3: Anyways, uh, Naz, I haven't seen you so passionate in a long time. God bless you. And there are a lot of people in Leafs Nation this week that weren't weren't thrilled about uh, the end result. Um, we can have we can have that debate, and uh, let's go let's go to break. We've got Harry Neal. We're going to chat about, uh, and then we got Leo Routins. Well, our listeners after the second break we've got some pizzaville gift cards we're going to be giving out we'll give those numbers out later on in the hour and if we've got time hopefully the last five minutes uh, we can come back and uh, nas we can uh, pick up uh, pick up this conversation it's going to be a conversation we're going to have for a while let's go
7: to break we'll be
3: right back with harry neal
7: it was a rainy day when pizzaville introduced contact free delivery Order and prepay online and choose contact-free delivery. The driver will place your order on your doorstep in a nice, clear, protective bag. Then he'll politely stand back two metres and call the number on the receipt. Once you answer the door, he'll give you a little toodaloo and off he goes. Contact-free delivery from pizzaville.ca or the Pizzaville app. Are you real ready?
0: If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca
8: Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice.
1: They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on
2: Zoomer Radio.
3: Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on the new AM740 in Toronto, also on FM96.7. Live streaming on the Internet, www.zoomerradio.com we're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour hockey Hall of Fame broadcaster Harry Neal. Harry, it's always a pleasure. How are you, my friend? Good. How are you? We're doing great. Thanks so much for joining us. First of all, uh, uh, it's been a, it's been a, an incredible, uh, not necessarily in a in a good way. Uh, it's been an interesting last three or four months. Personally, uh, health wise and everything else uh, with what's going on, Harry. How are you? How are you personally doing?
1: Well, I'm a little too old to stay up and see four games in one day, but especially the late games. But, uh, you know, the hockey's been pretty good, and when you waive the possibility of winning the Stanley Cup in front of hockey players, you're going to get a great effort.
3: Uh, certainly, uh, there's, uh I think a lot of us, uh, it's not just difficult for you, Harry, it's difficult for all of us. After all, this is Zoomer Radio, uh, we're, we're, we're suffering from what I call sports overload. Uh, there's, I don't think there's ever been so much sports on at, at the same time, not just NHL, four games a day, day after day. You got major league baseball, NBA, you got champions league going on everywhere. It's, uh, it's tough to keep up with everything nowadays, but, uh, let's talk about a story that ended last Sunday night. We'd be remiss if we didn't get your thoughts. I'm sure. If there were games that you might have picked out of the mix that you may have watched, uh, I would guess the Toronto Maple Leafs may have been at the top of your agenda. Uh, Harry, you know, we have uh, people around the hockey world still have the highest respect for your analysis and your hockey knowledge. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, didn't get the result uh, Leafs fans would have wanted. Um, break it down for us?
1: Why didn't they get that result?
3: And perhaps uh, then take us into what what they have to do to fix it.
1: Well, Toronto is a team that wins a lot of games because they can outscore the opponents. In the playoffs, you have to be able to out-equal or out-defend opponents because everyone buckles down to parts of the game that they probably push aside a little bit during the season. And the Leafs can score, but when you can't score enough to win, they can't defend well enough to win, and they're going to have to improve. I'm I'm not blaming the goaltender or the defense on the forwards. From a team viewpoint, they're going to have to improve their ability to play defensively, um, protect the lead, uh, make sure they're not trying to beat a team 5-4, that they're in a 2-1 game, and uh, that's easier said than done because they're an entertaining team to watch when they're scoring, but when they're not, some of the players that score all the goals are absent.
4: Harry, do they need to make a trade with one of the top four players to improve their defense?
1: Well, I don't know. I don't know whether it's fair to blame the defense. I think you have to think of the team defensively. They're probably going to try and make it a move either by through the draft or a trade or pick up a free agent. Cause there's going to be a fair number of those that uh, to, to be able to play a tough, rugged defensive game and win some two, one games and not count on trying to get four or five goals and win that way. You can score during the season. You can be a high scoring team that's successful, but in the playoffs, you got to win close games and with low scores or you're not going to last very long.
3: Uh, Harry, then, then I'm, uh... I'll ask it this way: um, and it, they can score goals during the regular season, but you got to play differently in the playoffs. Well, that, that sort of begs the question: if you it, it, uh, how do you turn it? How do you turn one style of, of play off uh, after playing eighty-two games, and then turn a different style of play on to play to see if you can get through a couple of months and four series? That that seems. That seems like a difficult task to accomplish.
1: Well, it is, and that's why winning the Stanley Cup is not an easy chore. I know you have to play well during the season to get into the uh, playoffs, but after you get into the playoffs, history will tell you that the game changes. It's a, a tougher game physically. It's a better game defensively. You need good goaltending. You need great goaltending if you're going to win the Stanley Cup. And uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are a team that has to change their uh, what would I say? Their basic <laughs> outlook with reference to playoffs, and they're not the only team that's in that category, but but uh, it's a different league. The, the the season and the playoffs are two different leagues.
8: Uh,
3: Harry, I, I want to. I'll be blunt, and then I'll will turn it back over to Nas. Um... And, and I don't I don't want to make this a session in piling on an, on Freddie Anderson. He he's taken enough of that on social media this week. Uh, he played what I thought was a pretty outstanding series for 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 all intents and purposes. Uh, held them in in some games, stood on his head in some games. Um, but the criticism of him seems to be when it's game seven, or for in this matter. Perhaps game five, um, he always seems to let in a questionable goal at perhaps the wrong time, and that sort of blurs his otherwise exemplary game. Uh, there's no question he's a world class goaltender, uh, but the fans seem to feel that um, you know it, it's that you know he doesn't seem to. Um, seems to let a bad one in at certain times. Any thoughts on that, uh, Harry? Over the course you've coached in Stanley Cup, so, uh, you know, and you've had you've had goalies, and you all you know, it's always goalies who come up. You know, Grant Viewer always came up with the big save at the right time, and uh, may have not had the greatest save percentage. And Dryden was, in certain sense, the same way. Uh, did the, are we getting the same sense about Freddie Anderson?
1: Well, I think you have to have—I don't know anything about their farm system or who the other goaltenders that they have the rights to—but I think he needs a little uh, competition. And uh, you know, you can say don't let any easy goals in, but that's—you know—that's impossible for a goalie to, to go in. And with that in mind, of course, he's not going to try and let an easy goals in. And I don't know whether that's the only problem they've got. Uh, but they have to have uh, another goaltender who's putting pressure on him to bear down and make sure that he uh, tries to cure that bad habit if, if that's what he's got. I'm not so sure that that's the only problem. But uh, And he needs a better team in front of him defensively. And, uh, you know, the goal, goal, as you just mentioned, take a look at their defense core. Yeah, that's true.
4: And, and,
1: and you can understand that's one of the reasons why they were as good as they were.
4: There's an interesting story developing in Montreal. Montreal is uh, the 24th-ranked team going into the playoffs. They knock off Pittsburgh. They tied 1-1, and Carey Price is playing outstanding. Can they do
1: it? Well, I think they can do it. It would be a, what you might call a long shot if you were betting on who was going to be able to last in the playoffs. And if you look at their opponent, Philadelphia... Uh, not very many people would have guessed that Philadelphia would not be winning uh, against uh, uh, Montreal in the playoffs. And Montreal certainly isn't in position to just walk in and win the series. They've got a problem on their hands, and I think Philadelphia is a team that's going to rally to the flag, and Montreal is going to have to deal with that because now it's a best-of-five, and whoever wins the third game wins wins the series, and it'll, it It would be a monumental upset, in my opinion, if Montreal eliminated Philadelphia.
3: Uh, Harry, there's been a lot of hockey that's been played in, in the last couple of weeks. As, as you said, and as Naz and I have the same difficulty, we can't possibly uh, you know, watch watch every game. It's difficult enough to get in one game per day. You sort of watch highlights and stuff and focus in on perhaps something that's that's interesting, but uh, from what you've been able to watch, um, number one, uh, are you, the, the part about playing without fans, um, has that impacted these games at all? Is this Stanley Cup caliber hockey, uh, the way they're doing it? And from what you've seen, if you were, to, if you were a betting man and, uh, trying to figure out the Stanley Cup finals, which, which two teams, based on the, uh, the the sample that we've seen so far, would you see are headed there. Number
1: one, the quality of the hockey
3: and the fan less experience. Number two, who might be the last two teams standing?
1: Well, I don't think that the uh, performances by the players and the, their teams is affected negatively by the fact there are no fans. Once the game starts, the fans are just, I don't think they have much of an influence on the outcome of the game. Although you don't want to be embarrassed by playing a bad game in front of your home fans. But that's a way down the list of priorities. After the game, it's, it's, it's up there, but not during the game, because you've got a job to do. And if you do it well, your chances of winning as a team are pretty good. So I don't think the fact that there's been no fans has any effect whatsoever on the games I've watched.
3: And, uh, the second part, uh, we're headed, uh, we're getting into the meat of the second round. We've got a couple more rounds to go after that. Uh, based on, uh, based on the sample size, Harry, um, I guess which teams have impressed you? And if you were, if you were, uh, putting, uh, if you're going to a betting window today and uh, had a, had a five
1: dollar bill,
3: uh, which, which team or teams would you be,
1: uh, putting it on? Is that American or Canadian five? <laughs>
3: uh, I've lost I would track. I oh, have lost track. Well, you're down. You're down in the in the Buffalo area, so let's go with your local currency.
1: All right. Uh, if you put a gun to my head and said uh, your job is to pick the two teams that you think are the have the best chance of winning the Stanley Cup this year, I would say Colorado for sure in the West, and in the East, it's a little more difficult to to make that decision. Uh, Philadelphia is a certainly a candidate. And uh I thought going in Washington might be, but it doesn't look like it and and Boston looks like a team that could win because they play the type of playoff game that's success, but I'd say Colorado for sure, uh in the West, and if you if you loaded the gun in front of me, I'd have to say it's Philadelphia or Boston.
3: just real quick before I turn it back to Nance uh what impresses you about Colorado, Harry?
1: Well, I think that they've got a team that plays at both ends of the rink very well. They're very fast, and uh, for instance, they you know they're up two-one. They outshot Arizona fifty-one twenty-three last night, or in the last game they played. And uh, their offense is is the best in the league, in my opinion. And they're 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 very fast. They've got depth. Their third and fourth lines are big-time contributors. Their defense core are really good offensively. And they've been getting superior goaltending. And when you add all those things together, then you have to think that some team t- to beat Colorado is going to have to play awfully well. And I'm not so sure anybody can.
3: Uh, Naz, last question for Harry before we, uh, we before we take it to break.
1: Harry,
4: you uh, played in the final Stanley Cup. How was the, how many upsets were there in, in that series that you played uh, the Islanders for the Stanley Cup? How many what? How many upsets were there? For you guys, you went a long way. You weren't expected to go to the final.
1: Yeah, well, the first two games of the final, you got to remember that, uh, that uh, the New York Islanders have won four Stanley Cups in a row, and so they were very used to playing in the playoffs, and they had a very good team. But in the first two games in Long Island, we could have won one of them and maybe would have had a chance to win another. But when they got back to our rink in Vancouver... Uh, they could smell the Stanley Cup, and we we couldn't handle them, and they were just too good. They had too many good players. They were very good defensively, and they were very experienced in the playoffs, and we had a pile of players who played awfully well to get that far but had never played in the playoffs into the third and fourth rounds before.
3: Anyways, we've been chatting with Harry Neal. Harry, uh, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. It's always a pleasure to... Hear your voice and know you're doing well, and uh, an even bigger pleasure to get your insights in, uh, into all things hockey. Uh, our listeners well, love. You believe
1: me, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you, you haven't lost. Uh, you haven't lots of step when it comes to the quips, Harry. You, uh, we thoroughly enjoy uh, talking to you, and I listen. And I can assure you that our listeners absolutely uh, uh, love listening to you as well. We thank you for joining us, and we wish you the best. Thanks so much.
1: All right. My pleasure. Thank you.
3: That, of course, was uh, Harry Neal. Uh, we've got to take it to break, Naz. Uh, before we go to break, uh, we'll be coming back with Leo Routins. We're going to be talking some basketball. We've got uh, the NBA playoffs starting. Uh, they've just gone through the end of the regular season. And to all our listeners, uh, as soon as we come back from the break, I'll be giving out the the uh, phone numbers, be giving away a Pizzaville $50 gift card, and also a Pizzaville $25 gift card. First caller gets the the $50 one, second caller gets the $25 one. If you won the cards last week, please give other people the opportunity. We'll be right back.
7: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced contact-free delivery. Order and prepay online and choose contact-free delivery. The driver will place your order on your doorstep in a nice, clear, protective bag. Then he'll politely stand back two metres and call the number on the receipt. Once you answer the door, he'll give you a little toodaloo and off he goes. Contact Free Delivery from pizzaville.ca or the Pizzaville app.
0: Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca
2: There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none
1: of them work. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio.
3: Good morning, and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are, we are live on the new AM 740. It's that time of the show. We always, uh, we're always we giving away Pizza Hill gift coupons. We announced it earlier on the show. These are the numbers. Area code 416 360 0740 1866. 7400740. Repeat them and I'll try and go slower this time. 416 3600740. 1
7: 866,
3: toll free. 1 866 7400740. First two callers, the good people at Pizzaville. It's fantastic pizza. Please call in. We're pleased to welcome back to the Nas and Wally Sports Hour, Raptors analyst and a good friend of the Nas and Wally Sports Hour. Leo Routens. good morning, Leo. How are you? Good morning, guys. How's everything? I'm great. We're we're doing fantastic. Thanks for joining us, uh, Leo. I'm going to presume you're still down in Florida. Um, all all the, the center of the NBA universe is down in Florida at uh, Disney World. The Raptors have just had a little, have had a pretty good run in. Uh, I guess they call this the seeding. Time of uh, they got this. They went through an eight-game uh, schedule. It's not preseason; these games counted. They counted towards where the Raptors were going to be seated in the postseason. The Raptors went seven and one. Pretty, uh, pretty amazing result. Uh, ended up fifty-three wins, nineteen losses, with a winning percentage of point seven three six. Correct me if I'm wrong, Leo, but those are the best percentages the Raptors have had in their history. Um, you've watched the Raptors. Um, they're looking pretty good, Leo. Uh, size it up for us. Uh
9: yeah. Well, I'm, I'm actually in Toronto. Oh, you're in Toronto. Uh, I, yeah, I've been uh, doing the games here out of studio. I came back, uh, went through my quarantine, and uh, uh, have been doing the games out of studio here. They're not letting anybody in the bubble. In the bubble, so uh, had to had to come back uh, to Toronto for that. And uh, but when you look at the Raptors. Uh, yeah, best winning percentage in history. Uh, better than last year's team with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, finished second in the league, uh, second best record in the league. Uh, this is a team. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, this is a team that's uh, a very good team. And and if anybody questions that, uh, they don't know the game of basketball. Uh, and, you know, seven to one in the bubble, and you know several of the games are bench players getting the lion's share of play against decent teams. Uh, and playing extremely well, so this is a. It's a team reminds me of, you know, even though there's no Kawhi, uh, you know, they were they were largely overlooked last last year, when they had the second best record in the NBA, uh, and here they are in the same situation again, uh, and people aren't giving them credit. So I think it's going to be uh, a great playoff. I'm excited about it. The Raptors are healthy. They're uh, they're locked in, and uh, I, I think we're going uh, to see a team really come out uh, tomorrow and start with a, a tremendous amount of focus.
4: Nats? Who's the Dark Horse team in the playoffs coming up? What, what do you see as an upset possibility for you? Um,
9: you know what? I'm not going to really uh, think of it as upset uh, because the bubble's different, right? The bubble's uh, a, a different environment. Uh, you don't have home court. Uh, when when and, and when you think about home court, uh, home court is usually when you're when you're role players, you're, uh, you know, the, the guys that you hope play well are the ones that play their best basketball. And I think what we're seeing in the bubble is a lot of players are becoming major factors that you might not suspect to be that. Uh, and so anything can happen in the bubble. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, look at the, look at the play in game yesterday, you know, Memphis and, and Portland, and even though the Lakers are the number one team, uh, you know, they very easily, uh, you know, not easily, but they could get beat by the Portland trailblazers who are an eight seed. And if that happened, uh, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, I still think the Lakers, uh, with LeBron can win that series, but would I be shocked? No. And I think you can go through a lot of other series and 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 say the same thing uh you know anything can happen in the bubble uh it's an, it's gonna an, it's an entirely different and got and the teams with less less experience and less uh focus if you want to call it that uh their lives are are very very different, and you have to wonder how they're gonna uh, stay locked in, and if you can't stay locked in uh, you're going to get knocked out so um, you know i, I don't think're i don't think surprises are are normal right now. I think things are going to be very different going forward, so that's why it's going to be even more interesting uh, uh, talking to Leo route Leo interesting thing about this Raptors
3: team um, just came across a stat this morning. they have five players. Who have averaged 15 or more points? Van Vleet, uh, Siakam, Lowry, Norm Powell, and Ibaka. First time, apparently, the stats guys are saying first time since the Buffalo Braves in 1973-74. Um, so they've got some. They've got some offense spread out around the team, but the Raptors seem to be better known for their defense. Uh, their defense obviously gets uh, seems to get more press. Uh, than than their offense. Um, Defensive-wise, the Raptors, uh, if they're not the best defensive team in the league, they're pretty close. Uh, What is it about their defense that's so compelling? What's Nick Nurse doing?
9: Well, you know, I think they are the best defensive team. And uh, Nick Nurse has just got 100% buy-in. This team, uh, and and this is the crazy thing, that you think playing hard uh, should be the norm. Uh, it, it's really not the norm. And when when you when I have coaches and GMs and uh, NBA personnel telling me how impressed they are and how hard the Raptors play all the time, that tells you something. That tells you how unusual it is when that's the first thing they talk about. And uh, I think Mick Nurse has got 100% buy-in at that end of the floor. Everybody knows that if you want to play, you want to play more, you want to get shots, you better defend. And as a result, that... Uh, they, they are extremely good at that end of the floor. They're quick. Uh, they rotate extremely well. Uh, they guard individually extremely well, um, and, and that gives them a chance against anybody, anytime. Uh, and, and you know, you got to give Nick Nurse a lot of credit in his coaching staff. They've they've put together this uh, uh, this model in terms of how they want to play, uh, and and to get everybody to do that consistently uh is 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 a great and great credit to them, and the numbers you mentioned offensively it's you know it's difficult everybody says you can't win without a star we 're going to find that out uh but I think it's very difficult to defend a team that 's got different guys that can respond on on different times and uh this team doesn't depend on one guy uh and then again you create a lot of your efe- uh, your offense from your defense. Uh, and that, that simplifies the game, especially in the playoffs, where it's more of a half-court situation. Um, if you, the more you can get off your defense, the easier it's going to be to score. So, uh, I think the Raptors are in a good position to to have a successful playoff run, just based on you know their principles and 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 what they've done and how they do it.
1: Ness?
4: how do the Raptors match up against the Nets?
9: Uh, extremely well. I mean, here's the one thing. I guess the easiest way to put it is, the Nets are the Nets are uh, uh, a talented team. They play. They, there's another team that plays really hard. They're they're scrappy, uh, but the Raptors have more talent, more experience, and they play just as hard, if not harder. So, uh, you know, uh, bottom line is this: that you you have two teams that both play hard. The, the more talented team is going to win uh, every time. So the Raptors are a more talented team. They have more depth. Uh, You got to remember that this this Nets team, as well as they've played, uh, they're still missing. You know, they're 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 missing Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, DeAndre Jordan. They're missing a lot of players. Uh, So the Raptors, uh, they're a better team, uh, and they're gonna. I'd be shocked if they don't uh, uh, neutralize the Nets' uh, effort uh, with with the effort of their own, which has always been exceptional.
3: Uh, uh, Leo Routens, um, Kyle Lowry, um, seems to, you know, I mean, when he had to uh, quarterback this team for over 80 games, uh, the seasons tend to have worn him down. At least that was, the seemed to have been the perception. Um, in some ways I've never seen him play better basketball. He's, you know, he, he, you know, he's, he's quarterbacking the team. He's got energy, he's got passion. Not that he hasn't had energy or hasn't had passion. Of course he's had. Uh, uh, but the, the layoff seems to have done him some good. Uh, and how important is he to this playoff run? And has uh, has the fact that he's come in uh, to the playoff run much more rested than he's been in the past? Uh, the impact on his game.
9: Um, I wouldn't say he's. Uh, I wouldn't say this is that much different for Kyle. Uh, you know, the last you know three, four seasons have mean Kyle has done an unbelievable job of managing his body, and so is the team. And uh, he's been as important as anybody in the postseason for the Raptors' success. So uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know, Kyle's a, Kyle's a pro. Uh, he, he's a big time pro, uh, as are several other guys. Uh, pretty much, you go through this whole roster. And every one of these guys did whatever they could during this just this pandemic uh, to prepare themselves for this opportunity. Uh, you know, everybody talked about, you know, who's going to be able to handle the bubble, who's going to be able to be ready and 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 do all this. Well, handling the bubble started when the league was suspended. Uh, what did you do with your body? How did you how did you train? How did you eat? How did you stay keep your body at a, at a certain level of conditioning? Um and Kyle Lowry, uh, just like the rest of his team, did an amazing job of being ready uh, you know, to to, to come out of uh uh to commit to the restart uh, and have a have a have a big run. So I give Kyle a lot of credit. Uh you know, he's he's a guy that he loves to play the game, he plays hard, he sacrifices his body every day, and all the people that wanted to criticize him for years uh, are now finally realizing just just how special he is uh and how durable he is uh like I said for a guy that uh, leads the NBA in charges taken uh not gets knocked down over and over and over uh and his toughness is a is a major factor as to why the Raptors are such a tough team uh you know he just keeps uh uh delivering and anybody that doubts him at this point uh, again has no idea what they're watching uh, Naz,
3: last uh, last
4: question for Leo, and, and we'll let him go. Very impressed how the Raptors develop their eighth and ninth and tenth players, the guys coming off the bench. What makes them so strong?
9: Well, uh, you know, I think it's knowing who you are. Uh, you know, the Raptors, uh, their development is, is outstanding. Their their scouting uh, is very very good, and I think one of the reasons why is they know. They know what kind of player they want. They know what kind of player they're looking for and what they need. And when you do that, uh, I think it's a lot easier to find players that fit. I, I think a lot of teams go into drafts and, 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 and scouts. They're really not sure. They're, they're, they're either enamored with talent or a name or something. Uh, but they're really not 100% sure uh, if what they're looking at is exactly what they need. The Raptors don't bring anybody in if they don't think, uh, if they don't think it works for their system. Um, and their system is very well-defined, uh, so everybody understands. And every guy on the bench knows that if you want to play, you're going to have to defend. Uh, if you're a three-point shooter, if you're Matt Thomas, if you're a three-point shooter and you want to get shots, well, guess what? You better defend or you're not going to get any shots because you're not going to be on the floor to play. Uh, simple as that. And, again, so it's, a, it's 100% buy-in whether you're the 12th man or the or you're Kyle Lowry. And and uh, and again, guys like Kyle Lowry set the tone for those guys. So there's no confusion as to as to what, what's expected of you and what you have to do. Um, and the scouting is perfect as far as uh, finding the players that can live up to that and do that. So uh, I think you got It's not just the players you got to give credit for. It's the uh, it's management. Then then you got to give the coaches credit because they put all these guys uh, in a position to succeed. If, if you look at every one of these Raptors, everybody's. Uh, having their best years in the NBA as a Raptor. Uh, why is that? Uh, it's because the coaching staff is putting all these players uh, in a position to succeed. So uh, I'm not surprised by their bench. Uh, they have excellent depth. And, uh, again, it's just uh, they're all going to come into play at some point in time or another in the playoffs, whether it's a, it's a, it's a valuable two minutes or ten minutes or an entire game. They're all going to come into play, uh, and, and they're going to make a difference for this team. We've been
3: talking to Leo Routens. Leo, uh, and I were commenting earlier about suffering from sports overload. There's, <laughs> there's more sport, more sports on TV than ever in any time in my lifetime right now. But, but notwithstanding that, the priority uh, right now and what we will be concentrating on is the Toronto Raptors. They will be the focus of our attention for the next little while. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a incredible time in Toronto basketball. Um, and we're always pleased to share your passion and your insights about the Toronto Raptors with our listeners. Thank you so much, Leo.
9: Well, I appreciate that, guys. Have a good one. Everybody stay safe. Thank you.
3: We, we will. Same to you, Leo. All the best. Uh, Naz, we've got, uh, five minutes to wrap up and, uh, uh, I don't know if we want to go back and talk about uh, talk about the Leafs again. We're going to have lots of time to do that.
4: Why, do, why don't Why do we move Why don't we move topic? I thought we were going to talk about Marty Merson being a uh, second longest. <laughs> <athlete>. I, <laughs> I, I, I
3: you know, After somebody, Morgan Riley. Somebody, somebody made a comment, One of the commentators or somebody on the uh, on sports media. I mean, the stuff that went around this week. Uh, some pretty nasty stuff, and a lot of a lot of the a lot of it unfair. I mean, you know, you get all these. You know, I I call it the Twitter mob. I mean, the Leafs can be fair. I, the Leafs can be fairly criticized. Kyle Dubas can be fairly criticized. Some of the players can be fairly criticized. But I think I want to put the emphasis on fairly. Uh, when it gets personal and when it gets demeaning, uh, I I'm, that's I'm not. I'm I I, I don't like to demean. Players, um, I, I don't mind criticizing their performances. Um, you know, Martin Marinson has not uh, has not been one of my favorite Toronto Maple Leafs. I'll be quite honest, uh, but you know, I'm sure he's a fine human being, and I don't want to get. Uh, I you know, I just you know, I I his his. Uh, mind you, I will say this: uh, I thought his playoff performance was probably at the top of his ability chart. Um no, I mean uh, and I you know I I didn't think he didn't cost the Leafs the series. That's probably a better way of putting it. Uh, there was nothing I thought he did. Uh I thought he played, I thought he played as good a game as 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 he can. Now, is Martin Marinson part of a core group uh uh talent-wise that's going to take them to the best level? I'll be blunt. No. Um no. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to get into any anything uh, well, well,
4: attacks that could made, be unfair. made this when they signed John Tavares. John Tavares is a great player, no question about it. But he wasn't what they needed. They had scoring. Lou Lamorello was saying they're they very strong up front. What are you going to get John Tavares for? Go get a defenseman instead with twelve million dollars. I don't get it.
3: Well, I mean, I guess Lamarello alluded to it a little bit, but uh, you know. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I like
4: so there's there. no question yeah. about it. But I, he wasn't I,
7: the
4: right fit at, at the time. Yeah, I, yeah, now I, I, they're I, paying for that because they got to get out of this
3: mess. Yeah, we well, yeah. That's you know, if anybody's gonna can figure that one out, that uh, God, God help Kyle because he's got some he's got some challenges. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think a fair criticism and a fair observation is they need help on defense. Um, and, you know, you can you can run through the laundry list of the criticisms of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and some of these have been around. Some of them were alluded to in, in, in the Lamorello interview. They're small on the forward end. They don't play heavy. Um, their defense, uh, you know, they're small and they don't play heavy, and it's not based on what you see from other teams. It's not a top-tier defense overall. That's the bottom line. Um, they built this team around uh, $40 million. And, you know, when that happened, and there, if there isn't a brighter hockey mind than Brian Burke, when the lease invested, when they signed that I don't know if there's so much the Tavares contract, maybe the Nylander one. Um, but, yeah, Naz, I don't disagree with you. They They threw around a lot of money. On one basic premise and assumption, I've got to cut this really short, that the salary cap would be going up to about $90 million over the next two or three years. I think there's no doubt that the Toronto Maple Leaf management made all their decisions based on that assumption. Nobody could have predicted COVID-19. Nobody could have predicted what we're going through. And now they've got to figure out a way out of this mess um, with a it's salary cap. That's
4: managing on the brink.
3: And the Tyson, Tyson, Barry, Nazem Kadri trade doesn't look so good right now, does it?
4: The three centers back in 2016 and 17 were Austin Matthews, Nazem Kadri, and Tyler Bozak. They didn't need to change any of those guys.
9: Well,
3: the Bozak, well, unfortunately, Naz, it's past 10 o'clock. Keep that thought. Maybe we'll pick it up again next week. To all our lawyer listeners, unfortunately, you've got to cut us off
0: in mid-sentence. We've got to go. Have a great week. Stay safe. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Thank you. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.